Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love Not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? <laughs> it's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired with legendary lady Kat Kalamia from the Legends yes. of Tomorrow podcast to discuss the five-episode event of The Flash titled Armageddon. Uh, welcome back to Supergirl Radio, Kat. Thank you. You know, I'm excited to be here. I don't know if I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight, but gonna be great, I'm excited gonna to be, be great. with great with a great company. <laughs> well, I guess I guess we should say that it's Supergirl Radio slash Legends of Tomorrow podcast. This is a crossover event of our own. Uh, so, so we are doing a kind of joint effort here, a crossover event, if you will. Uh, but uh, which one of us is here just to advise the others on their love lives and then leave? <laughs> Who's the Alex of this crossover? Oh God! Um, maybe someone should pop into this podcast, and that, that way they can be the Alex. But before part four, so you had to wait a little while for Alex to show up. Just, just come on in. Um, I I feel like I should address that um that Amy would have loved to be here with us. It was actually kind of Amy's. She would have been the Alex. She would have been the Alex. She's, <laughs> she's got wise advice. Unfortunately, she uh she did injure herself um and she is recuperating at home and so we're hoping that she gets better soon. Yeah, uh, we wish Amy all the best. I, I know it stinks to have an injury and go to the hospital and have to have a recovery. So hopefully if she watches this, it will bring uh, <laughs> bring some uh, smiles and joy uh, in that time. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of strange. I feel like maybe I'm the one going on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. <laughs> I mean, really, birds. <laughs> the legendary ladies are here with me. So, uh, so welcome, Kat. Thank you for joining us for this discussion. Uh, before we talk about the television event known as Armageddon, though, uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, comic Armageddon. Uh, because uh, there is a comic book uh, connection, I think, to this uh, Armageddon comic series. In 1991, DC Comics published a crossover event titled Armageddon 2001 that ran for two issues, and then after that, it extended into two other titles, Armageddon, The Alien Agenda, number one through four, and Armageddon Inferno, number one through four. And this is kind of the, the story. We'll, we'll just recap it real quick for those who haven't read it. Uh, the story starts out in the year 2030, which doesn't seem that far away now, and features <laughs> a character named Matthew Ryder, who later becomes the superhero known as Wave Rider, who wants Crazy. to put in... <laughs> who wants to put an end to the tyrannical rule of monarch. To do this, Ryder becomes the perfect candidate for a time travel experiment 
that Monarch wants to do to make sure that his secure and perfect world will stay intact. Ryder returns to 1991, which is 10 years before Monarch massacres the entire Justice League in 2001. So there's a 10-year time difference here. What makes uh, Matthew Ryder the perfect candidate for this experiment, even though everyone else before him never returned in their time travel? Uh, love. Love is the the thing that makes him the perfect candidate for this uh, because he has a great uh, deal of love for his family. Uh, Ryder is willing to risk his life and bet it all on love because he is determined to find out who the monarch really is and, if possible, kill him before he could rise to power. The big twist at the end is that Monarch, the big bad of the story, was actually at one time a member of the Justice League. Dun, dun, uh, dun. I won't spoil that review for a uh, reveal for anyone here at this point. We may get to it in the feedback section. So just FYI, in the feedback, we might talk about who uh, Monarch uh, actually is. Uh, but I won't spoil it here in case you want to read it. You can skip over at the end. Uh, but the ending actually caused some controversy at the time because the original ending and the reveal of who Monarch was had been leaked before they got to reveal it. And so DC had to change it, which resulted in a big mess for the story. And who was it originally supposed to be? Well, let's, it? let's get to that. We'll get to that in the feedback because ah. we did have a listener who wrote in with a joke about that. Uh, but you can imagine when uh, the story doesn't make a lot of sense and it becomes a huge mess. Uh, fans were not very happy about it. So that's so, uh, that's so interesting that they actually changed the ending because it got leaked and now they just leak their own stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they write like New York Times articles about them. <laughs> well, back then it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, there wasn't, I guess, as much online presence. There really wasn't uh, the Internet uh, back in those. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I really didn't know about the Internet until about 1994, back in the old days. Uh, when so I was that born. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that would have been a pretty big deal back then. So there are some similarities to the Flash's version of Armageddon. Uh, there's a 10-year time travel difference. There's a character willing to kill the villain of the future. Uh, love being the catalyst for time travel. And a hero who becomes a villain. So a lot of uh, similarities in uh, the Armageddon television event and the Armageddon comic book series. So I thought we would address those just in case you wanted to go check those out because you can uh, find it on Comixology if you want to get the digital version of it. I think okay. it's interesting that there's a character named Wave Rider, like as in like right? the Legends of Tomorrow Wave I know. Rider. I was like, like wait, that's what? Interesting. Gideon? And he's a time <laughs> Is Gideon he's the kinda... Wave Rider? He's kind of a time traveler, too. Ooh. There you go. Maybe mm. maybe somehow Legends of Tomorrow is like, I remember this 90s story that no one else does, <laughs> and we're going to use this. I don't think so, but you never know. Yeah, it is uh, an odd coinky dink if that is the case. All right, so now that we have brushed up on the comic book version, uh, let's talk about what they did with the television adaptation and uh, what Flash was uh, doing with the story and what the story, you know, the story it was telling. Um, so, Kat, since you are our guest uh, for this discussion, this live stream, I'm very curious. What did you think uh, about the story? I guess we'll we'll start we'll start a uh, high level and then we'll break it down. So what did you think about the story that they were telling over the five episodes? Um, that's an interesting question. Well, well first of all, I haven't, I haven't watched the the Flash in about 
two seasons probably. It's been a little while since I've I've watched The Flash, but I feel like nothing has changed and everything has changed. So <laughs> the, the the idea, like the flow of the show, is so similar. Like a lot of things that are going on in the show, I feel like oh, I've seen this a billion times. Nothing's changed about this show. Like I I don't feel like they're doing anything fresh. I still don't think they're doing anything fresh. But then there's like all these random new characters. <laughs> I'm like, like, who, who are you people? <laughs> yeah. And it's like like, but also they're filling in this role that we've seen before. So it wasn't like, oh, this is like an interesting new character. It's like, oh, you're really just filling in the role of Cisco. You're the science guy. And I'm sure personality wise they are they're different. But I felt like because I never knew this character. I didn't really find a personality besides this whole love life thing going on. I think I knew of the girl. I've seen her before, but before she was a series regular. So I've seen her here and there. Um, but overall, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about how they utilize the characters in, in these episodes. But as a Flash episode, it didn't really do much for me. I I, I don't think, it, unless I had this podcast... I know I wouldn't watch it, you know, like it, it just, I, I'm glad I'm not watching the show anymore. It just, I feel like it, it, you know, I, even though I have a lot of grievances about Arrow and other shows and even, you know, Arrow, I feel like ended when it needed to end. Maybe it lasted two more seasons than it should have, but at least it <laughs> ended in like, maybe four like seasons, episodes. maybe four seasons, <laughs> maybe four, four seasons, seasons. Uh, Maybe four when something in particular happened, but um, uh, who knows what I, I'm talking about? Oh yeah, for sure. I, guess. I, I feel like though, at least they like kind of knew when they were wrapping up. They led to a last season. It was only 13 episodes. Flash doesn't seem like it knows when it's wrapping up. There's so many people have left the show now, and they're still trying to, you know, tug on. Uh, so yeah, I, I didn't love it and i will give my opinions on what they did with ray especially uh, i have some interesting thoughts on that but hmm. yeah it, it was just kind of there yeah we'll we'll break down the uh ray palmer <laughs> aspect and the alex danvers aspect uh when we uh, get there uh so morgan uh what were your thoughts about the the story they were trying to tell with uh the time travel and reverse flash and uh the things that uh barry uh was going through it was great. No, I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> the complete opposite thought. Didn't, didn't care for it. Uh, I just wanted to provide a counterpoint. Uh, no, no, it was one of those things where I also haven't watched The Flash and I longer than Cat. I feel like it was like the uh, Earth X crossover was like the last wow, time. That was a I while was, ago. It was a long time ago. The last time I was even moderately caught up on The Flash. So for me, it was like, an exciting period of being like, who's that? She's got powers? Why is Cecile so angry? I, I <laughs> she was, was angry a lot. She was and so also angry. One, one thing, there was this, I think it was the middle episode where uh, Joe dies. And I'm yeah. like, did he die in the show? I was getting so yeah. confused where I'm like, did thing. he they die? Could, I don't know. They, so for, I think that the idea was like for viewers, like longtime viewers, they'd be like, Joe's not dead. What are they all talking about? But I was like, Guess Joe's dead. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm so confused. Barry was like, I don't understand why everyone's saying Joe's dead. I was like, dude, because Joe's dead. What, what, <laughs> we've just accepted it, right? Like that happened ages ago. So for me, it was it was also kind of a weird thing where I felt like I don't know if they were gearing it to people who haven't watched the show in ages or who haven't watched the show ever. They thought they were going to bring people on for Armageddon because <laughs> I felt like there was a lot of people just walking in going, here's Star Labs, you know, the labs where we do star stuff. And you're like, 
here this is where team uh team our uh, team flash does all of our stuff here at star labs <laughs> and you're like it feels weird that you would say that because you're all here and you're all here all the time so yeah feels like you don't need to intro like specific people or places or locations but like throughout the whole like five episode thing there'd be people like saying like well you know like that one time that you saved me literally remember that episode and I'm like no I haven't been watching but thank you I guess for the recap uh so there's like a lot of like really weird heavy exposition in the dialogue that felt very unnatural it was helpful for me a person who hasn't watched it in like four years but I was like as a regular viewer I think I would be like does everyone have a concussion like (laughs) is everyone okay why do they keep repeating like hello it's me joe your father it's like she knows (laughs) speaking of repeating things and dialogue being uh strange uh did anyone notice that they said uh level up a lot it really bothered me uh and and super radio Radio listeners know that uh sometimes when uh words get repeated it drives me crazy uh i believe they said level up at least seven times throughout the five (laughs) episodes which doesn't seem like a lot but i think they said it uh let's see the first episode the first part they said it five times in that one episode, and I was like, "Y'all need to stop saying." They're like, level "Barry, up. you remember no, when you up. remember when you leveled up your your uh, your super speed?" And he, I was like, "Yeah, like I'm pretty sure he does. He was there." <laughs> <laughs> it just kept on reminding me of on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We're doing like a a fantasy, like kind of like fantasy football, but we all have our own teams of uh, of characters that we're playing through playing throughout the season to see who wins. And Kat's team name is Team Level Up, Level right? Up. So every single time that they said it, I was like, Level Up, Level Up. <laughs> and I wasn't getting any fantasy points for them saying Level Up. So you I don't sure understand have. why you they were doing it. should that in. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I but I thought the, the story with Barry and the Reverse Flash, I thought was interesting. The fact that he... Um, I think this is the first time they've explained on the flash. I haven't been watching like in like two or three seasons either. So we're, none of us are caught up on the flash, Mm -mm. but, uh, but (laughs) Amy said she was going to catch up. So sadly she's not on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, but I think this is the first time they've explained maybe that why reverse flash always wanted to kill the flash or while he had had such a big beef with the flash. I I think think the most direct, I know they always talk about his mom a lot. When they talk about the reverse flash, they're always talking about his mom. I will say that I agree. I think that was one of the better parts of this episode was just seeing, like, Barry wear the reverse flash costume. But I feel like it's like, okay. The one thing I will say, the structure of these episodes, too, I'm guessing as a Flash fan was interesting because at least it wasn't a long 20-episode arc where they're tackling the thinker at least it was five episodes of th- <laughs> something God. different so that was cool for them i'm guessing yeah but uh talking about the thinker one of the things that did bother me about this event is and and we've dealt with this on supergirl radio anytime you give people powers where it's like mind powers it's the most uninteresting thing to watch and it's almost like uncomfortable for me to watch because they're like 
Mm, I gotta <laughs> think about it. I gotta think about it really hard. And then, like, at some point, when Cecile and that other chick, Rosa, I think Rosa Dillon had the mind powers and they were like doing it together, I was like, this is weird to me. Like, this is, <laughs> this is. I, don't, I almost harder. feel like I should not be watching this. Like it's turning into something I'm not comfortable watching. <laughs> like it was a little, like, I think they were likening it to being high or on drugs, but I was like, that's not the vibe I'm getting here. And uh, I just, it was weird for me to watch. And I just, I wish people would stay away from the mind powers, but they like doubled down on the mind powers, <laughs> mind powers and like hacking ability to me are like anytime you were speaking of arrow, like anytime Felicity would be hacking, be like, Oh, this is completely uninteresting. They had to add smoke one time. There was a scene where Felicity was hacking so hard. Her computer turned to smoke, <laughs> but I just, the mind powers were, uh, were not a, a, that was a real negative point for me. <laughs> and, um, and one of, just one of my big negatives I think was, and I haven't been watching the flash in a while. Ha- has the acting always been so screamy on this show? It feels because like they've all in why want to be so nice. Many, uh, it was it was also <laughs> funny because like all the screamy acting was always against Iris, who reacted like kind of like a normal person would be like going like Mm, why are you screaming at me? <laughs> just, kind of, just kind of like a demure shrug. And so the <laughs> screaming seemed even more unhinged. Like Cecile like goes off on her in the one episode and you're like, whoa, you are at a 25 and Iris is at like a negative 10. And like, I don't know what I'm supposed to take from this scene. <laughs> I yeah, think it's and- more of like they're bored with the material. I think that's the best <laughs> way I could go. It's just like, again, they're doing the same thing over and over again. They're like, mm, let me try this out, you know? What if I screamed all my lies? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Cecile Cecile was kind of a a tough one to to get uh, through in these episodes. And there was one moment where Cecile had this mask on (laughs) that I I was like, are they introducing a a superhero identity for her? Are they are they going there? Because, you know, on the CW, like everybody on the cast. has. Of course, eventually, eventually everyone becomes a superhero. And I hadn't watched it in so long that I was like, Cecile has powers. And then she came out with that, like, crazy mask. And I was like, wait, is Cecile a serial killer? Because maybe now I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) That's how the arc ends. That did look a little little serial killer. Not not very heroic, like. uh, But that was kind of a down point for me. But I I did like the idea that the reverse Flash thing with the motivation where he was just kind of like jealous that the Flash stole his thunder. That was a little disappointing. Like, (laughs) really? He was just kind of jealous of him. Uh, That seemed to be kind of uh, a letdown. But I like the idea that he, he... he basically said the only way to beat you is to become you, essentially. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting. So I did like the whole uh, reverse Flash becoming the Flash and uh, being engaged to Iris and all of that. I thought that aspect of it, the, the the flip around was pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like they just cannot let go of the reverse Flash on that show. Like, they just can't. they just can't do it. They've tried, but they're like, gosh, I wish I could quit you. Like, they're right back every time and I should have known like at the end of like the fourth episode when things were ending kind of and I was like there's a whole nother episode of this crossover that like they were gonna find a way to bring him back 
Um, and they did. And like the fifth episode was the episode that like broke my spirit, I think, in this crossover. Like five was one, too many episodes. One through four, I was like, <laughs> okay, this is stretched out. This is a little ridiculous, but okay. It's been a while since I've watched The Flash. It's kind of fun to like drop in on the characters and see what's different. Not much. Um, <laughs> and see who are these people? I don't know. I'm going with it. Cecile's thinking real hard. We've got all that stuff going on. But then, then the episode five came around and it was just like hey this guy who's saying he's actively still is always going to try to kill you we should definitely save him right and it's like yeah but, then, <laughs> but my favorite part of that is that like at no point did they even consider saving damien dark who was like kind who helped them out and was kind of repentant and he was like well no i mean that dude's gonna die he didn't like explicitly ask me to save him and so <laughs> i can't do anything <laughs> And speaking of Damien, and and somebody mentioned it in our in our chat said like obviously the people like the the flash writing room did not watch Legends, and I agree because that Damien mm-hmm. arc happened in the show already. So I'm like, yes. why are we having this? Yes, <laughs> a lot of it felt like yeah, the stuff with Damien felt like retread. Definitely, like we've been through that on Legends entirely, like to a T. To the, an actual like T. It's the, the same, same arc. The same arc, the same, like, like hitting the same points. It's like, oh, he's redeemed because he loves his daughter. And, like, it's like, yeah, I know. I she doesn't those show episodes. up, right? She Did shows she show up, up in the last episode in the last episode in like the last five minutes and they like almost touch hands and then he disappears and then she's in the middle of the club and everybody's like, oh, you're crying about your dead dad is kind of harshing our chill. Could you like, take it down? <laughs> I was I was going to ask y'all about that uh, if that was something that was unexplored or if that was just oh, a retread. No. So that's that's good it was, to know. It was extremely explored, <laughs> like for a whole season and a half. Yeah, yeah. They even brought like when they when they when Damien Dark died on Legends, they like went out of their way to be like he is the deadest a dead person can ever be the most dead. He is, his soul doesn't exist. It is in the ether now. <laughs> no one, no one will ever see him again. He is the deadest. He, he went through a character arc and he, he ha- like had his uh, resolution with Nora and now he is very dead. And like, so I just laughed as soon as he came back, I showed it back up on the flash. I was like, or he's back again. All right. Different All right. timeline. So yeah, <laughs> forgive that. A manipulation time of time. Line. It's so funny. So speaking of some Legends characters, I guess we could hit Ray Palmer first, oh. uh, since that seemed to segue nicely into it. <laughs> so uh, it seems like uh, the Legendary Ladies might have some some thoughts about Ray Palmer. So uh, Kat, we'll start with you. What, how did you think that they uh, portrayed or treated Ray Palmer in Armageddon? I feel like they went out of their way to dog on legends like saying like yes uh, he kept mentioning he was a legend you're like nah you're better than being the legends it's like what and then he just said like it kept feeling like the legends didn't like him anymore and it just it just felt so weird and i didn't like his place here and first of all because he wasn't a flash character so maybe if this was arrow let's say oh this was his roots so that's why they're bringing him back and saying oh you belong in this side of the universe first of all yeah he was never on the flash unless it was a crossover so it wasn't like oh he's coming back home he's just like no that thing you did that's so that's so little you're so much better than that right you're so much (laughs) bigger than that and i just kept i felt like the whole entire 
point was saying, oh, Legends is not that great. Yeah, yeah. I felt like uh, I, I felt like it was really kind of disrespectful to Legends, but not just that because they had him say several times, like, well, I'm not a Legend anymore. But like the thing about the legends on the show is that they always say is like once a legend always a legend like once you've been on the wave rider like you're oh you can always come back you're always part of the family and ray was like not me though i'm out <laughs> like what? <laughs> what and yeah to your point cat i had forgotten until you mentioned that he like went out of his way to be like sarah never takes my calls anymore <laughs> i was like brutal <laughs> it just felt so weird and then the overall arc just being like oh i'm trying to find myself and stuff like that i guess was nice but it just felt like he was there to be there it didn't actually feel like it was a necessary story to tell which is kind of what this whole crossover was and we're obviously going to talk about alex and all these other characters that show up but it's just like why are you here why does ray palmer have to be here and they tried a little because at least that guy the newer guy uh he's was chester. a fan boy yeah chester was a fanboy of ray so i'm like all right at least there is that connection and there was another the other adam character shows up and for some reason they don't want them to talk it's like they're in the same crossover and they don't have a yeah, that would be pretty neat yeah. to see the Adam meet the Adam. Well, it's it's kind of like technically Ray and Nora were both in this crossover. They are married in the in the Arrowverse. They did not cross paths once in this crossover, which was strange. It's like you're gonna have Ray and you're gonna have Nora, but you're not gonna have them in the same episode at any point. Wh- why? It's it's Can't very the quarantine thing. No, they're together. clearly quarantined. Yeah, like I, I like that they at least gave him because we'll get to Alex, but like uh, they at least gave him something approximating like a character arc or like something going on with his character that he had to like address and think about, like you know what's next for me. And I think that that you know when Ray left Re- Legends, which it felt like didn't make sense why he was leaving and it it kind of never did so it was kind of nice to to see like well what's ray doing now that he's not with the legends i could have done with like a way less like legends of tomorrow that's in the past and i'm never gonna talk to them again uh that kind of shade but like just what ray palmer was planning to do next in his life that i liked and him trying to figure out if he was gonna step back from all the super heroics or from the like the sciencey stuff and just get into research and then he kind of gets drawn back into it like that stuff i didn't mind but it was just all the stuff with like the super like you're to your point he was in the same crossover with uh with the other adam they never they never talk at any point it's yeah, I, I was even confused about Ray's arc, though, because he, his whole thing was he wants to have a balanced life with his work and his wife, and he didn't seem to want to be the Adam anymore, and then he becomes the Adam again and does all of that. And I don't know. I don't know if he – did he did he leave the uh, story going back to not being the Adam? Um, I, was, I was a little I confused got- about that. From the regular just, legends, he would he just got married. I, I don't really I think it was just more of the way they ended it was that they could come back to the wave rider at any point. I don't feel like he ever quit being a superhero, so it's kind of weird that's even the arc that they chose here. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't need the Adam anymore. That wasn't really something <laughs> that was there in the regular show. 
Yeah, he like he left to to spend more time with his family or whatever, uh, like a disgraced politician. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I never got the impression when he was leaving that he was like superheroics, not for me anymore. Like he didn't say like I'm not the Adam anymore. So yeah, when we get into this and he's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna build another company. I'm not gonna be the Adam. I'm taking it slow. I was like, okay, really. Because if you were going to go that route, why wouldn't you have Ray sort of step back from the atom and then Ryan Choi come in and say, hey, I'll I'll do it. I'll put on the suit. That would make more sense to me. I, was I don't actually know why Ryan Choi was here. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Cat and I are of a mind. I was going to say, there you go. I was confused about his presence on the crossover. Love. At all. <laughs> Love. He had to give that good romantic advice. Um, yeah, no, I had like many questions, uh, many questions about about him on it. I was like, has he been in other things besides, was it Crisis was the last thing that he was in? I think that's I don't the think only he's on he's Flash. Been. Yeah, I think he's just like appeared on this and that's it. So it felt that weird was to me weird. that nobody like, nobody was like, they they went to great pains to like walk into rooms and be like, this is my bedroom. But but <laughs> randomly he shows up and nobody explains his presence in any way. Well, yeah, they he just felt like part of the team. <laughs> yeah, they um they seem to be referencing Crisis on Infinite Earths with with him because uh, Alex talks to Ryan Choi about him missing out on the best part of being human, and he was the paragon of humanity. So I think they were turning his character on its head. Yeah, also, uh, but they don't remind us about that. <laughs> no. Didn't he have a family in crisis or did I make them up? No, I think he did. Cause I thought his yeah, whole thing was like, he had like, a, like a, didn't he have like a newborn at home? Yeah. I think he did. Wow. So apparently crisis got rid of them. Sorry about that kid. <laughs> uh, well, I think this is a different timeline. Yeah. I think that. it's just a different. So okay. this was a, supposed to be like, if Barry Allen was reverse flash. So I'll give yeah. him, give him a point. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I just wasn't sure what I was supposed to take from his mere presence in this episode, in these episodes at all. It's like, you're bringing him back, but it's a different version of the character, but you're not going to explain like how he ended up with team flash or give any of the exposition that you've been giving, like in the last four, you know, the last three episodes, He's just going to kind of pop up randomly and we're just supposed to roll with it. He also popped up as the Adam in a costumed Adam suit. And that's not really explained either. No. So uh, (laughs) it was cool to see because I I think it was a a pretty comic booking, uh, comic booky looking suit. But uh, that kind of stuff maybe should have explained a little better. But I also feel like one detriment, and we're talking about the comic book uh, from the 90s, where it's like they changed the ending because it was leaked. I think a big downfall for this crossover is that they spoiled everything before we watched it. So knowing that Ray was going to be in it, and Alex is going to be in it, and Ryan was going to be in it. And then um, uh, Barry was going to be the reverse Flash. That was exactly oh, yeah. You knew all yeah. this information. What was the point? There is no exciting moment in these five episodes. Again, maybe Ray and Ryan meeting would have been a great exciting moment for comic fans. But there, I think, like the most genuine moment of this crossover was probably Black Lightning and Flash interacting. I thought at least that like had a heartbeat yeah. and like was good. And for people that miss Black Lightning, you get to see that character return, and it means something. And but he, other he, than he that, had a, he had a reason to be there. It made sense mm-hmm. that he, his lightning power 
would be something that would could take away Barry's lightning power. So I think that actually made sense. And it also connected back to Barry um, and and his connection from the crisis. Right. Where they like they spend some time together and they kind of bond. So like to me, his inclusion made perfect sense. And I really liked it. I liked seeing Jefferson in this in this crossover. Um, where some of the other characters was like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, I think with Ryan Choi, I think he was there mostly uh, to serve the Chester Allegra storyline because he had the the worst line, I think, in my opinion, in the whole five episode event. He says, uh, Chester's my boy and I know what my, my boy needs. And I was like, <laughs> please, please stop talking. Please I, don't I, say anything else. I cringed so hard it at was that so line. Bad. It was I, really like, bad. I felt it as like a full body chill. <laughs> I was like, stop, stop. We don't talking even know about they're friends. Yes. This is one, when did they become friends? <laughs> you know, we don't get exposition on that, but we were told that Star Lab was where Team Flash made all their best <laughs> memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, uncomfortable for me to watch. So I, I don't know. I, I really liked seeing Ryan Choi, Ryan Choi again, but I don't know that he was utilized very well and to his full effect. It felt like they just wanted some special guest appearances in this in this uh, event, and they just kind of picked random. They didn't like <laughs> pick. They didn't pick people who would like make sense to be in the crossover, except for Jefferson from like Black Lightning. Everybody else just felt like, I don't know, I guess Ryan Choi's available. Let's get him in there. <laughs> it's like, we Ray, haven't seen him in a while. Ray from Legends, he, he, what's he doing? Let's get him in there. Like, well, <laughs> get, get, given Alex's inclusion, I think it was just kind of wh whoever was available at the I time. I think so. Well, the funny thing is, like, uh, Ray barely did anything plot. Wise, like I feel like my biggest memories of Ray in this in this crossover event are like him going around a convention and talking about seed funding. <laughs> it's important. It's really plot driven stuff for sure. Yeah, he's like, "Will I invest? Who knows? Not in you, kids. Sorry, dreams crushed." <laughs> I do like at the end though. He uh, he he set up that foundation uh, in memory of Chester's father. I thought that was really nice that he, he kind of thought more about what Chester was doing and he was encouraged to uh, the, invest in the next generation of scientists and researchers. I, I thought that was a nice ending point for Ray, given what he had, he had done towards uh, the beginning of his little arc there. So I, I thought that was nice at least um, given what he had uh, sort of disappointed Chester there at Jitters when he was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to listen to your your pitches. Ray was never even that mean, though. He, yeah, like, this guy was heartbroken. And I'm like, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> the, the other thing that I thought was really funny is, like, Ray was just like, oh, you know what? I kind of gotten out of the investing game. I don't really want to do the Shark Tank thing anymore. And Chester was like, everyone go home. Your dreams are dead. <laughs> 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 Boy, I don't think Chester was guy. being a, a nice guy in this one, right? <laughs> no. Like, I feel I like, like he was being a little selfish. I was like, this new guy needs to drink less of that caffeine there at Jitters. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he to, to, to Ray's credit, Chester didn't ask him about that. He, he yeah. just sprung it on him last minute. So uh, that maybe should have been something that he talked to Ray about. 
Um, uh, there are some questions we have in the chat. I don't know if y'all know the answer to this. Was there ever a connection to find between Ryan Choi and the girlfriend of Thunder and Black Lightning? I I don't um, know. I don't think so. Answer. I don't think so. From what I saw, Black Lightning, but I didn't watch the last season. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not current. I have to. I think I watched about most of the first season so i'm not helpful in any way um so, sorry about that so. brian we, we we don't know the answer to that question if anybody in the chat knows the answer please uh let us know um I see a lot of batwoman comments which i want to mention because someone said i forgot batwoman is was there and i did too um, oh, yeah. I, I honestly forgot she was in this crossover i think she just showed up to like get fancy to get fancy to just go to a formal <laughs> event. She's like, why don't I ever get to go to the parties? I want to go to the parties. And is the like is the ba- different timeline? Is the baby subplot something that's being discussed on Batwoman? So I am not I'm current not on current Batwoman. On Batwoman. I'm I, not either. I only watched the first season. I have to catch up on like the re- remaining two. So I couldn't I couldn't even begin to guess if she and Sophie are thinking about babies. Feels like a mistake. For a superhero show, but that's not my call to make. Well, uh, Alex Danvers did it. Sentinel and Guardian could do it. Anybody was waited until the end of the show, though. She was like, like, it's the final season. I remember I want kids now. (laughs) So, yeah, don't expect that baby subplot to come to fruition until the end of Batwoman. That's my guess. Um, Yeah, so uh, let's see. Mind the gap in the chat says there is Whoa! Someone between said, Ryan and Grace. The, Ryan yeah, and that's Sophie one. aren't even dating on Batwoman. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> so the so the Flash writers wrote a future endpoint for Batwoman with, that had nothing to do with the Batwoman TV series. No, I wow, guess they're they were, just making stuff up for other shows' character, like lead characters. The fl- the Flash writers are just big shippers, and they're like, "Listen, we're just putting it out. It's a it's an alternate universe, so anything could happen. But we're just putting it out into the. I universe. mean, you don't have to commit to it, but you maybe should commit to it. Maybe you guys, let now. them have babies. Maybe you two crazy kids should have kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that's is a lot crazy. of pressure on on a not even dating couple. Wow. Okay, that's that's good to know. Uh, well, someone also says, Levi says, Ryan and Sophie are on the path of getting together in okay. season three. So I guess okay. it's... Are they on the path of having babies? <laughs> well, they're, well, they're not, not they... together yet. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> I think they talk about it, like, amongst friends. You know? They're like, how about if we had a kid? <laughs> Why not? Yeah, so <laughs> I... I did like the uh, the Ryan Wilder, uh, her conversation with Iris. I thought that was a kind of a nice dynamic in the episodes um, that seemed to kind of be a thread, I guess, in that timeline. They're they're really good friends. So I did enjoy that. Um, so, yeah, the, the Batwoman stuff, I, I, I guess she was really only there to serve Iris's story. Yeah. Or just it, show up as a cameo, honestly. Yeah. It was just kind of yeah. there for the namesake. It's like, oh, we have something from Supergirl. We have something from Black Lightning. We have someone from all the other shows. Let's bring in someone from Batwoman. I think out of all the cameos, hers felt the most like a true cameo. Like she was, it's like, and also starring Batwoman. She just like turns around, winks, and then she <laughs> never appears Which again. Like, I don't mind, honestly. If you're gonna like not have an arc for someone, just do something like that. Like I feel like that was the better route. 
Yeah. They should have just had Ray come in, like give finger guns and then just like walk out of frame. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't mind the, the Batwoman stuff. Uh, and I thought some of the, the scenes with Iris were pretty good. So I, I thought Batwoman comparatively to some of the other characters, I think was handled pretty well. Yeah. Um, I liked her. I liked her friendship with Iris. Uh, I don't know if they've ever met in the regular timeline or if they know each other in the regular timeline. I don't I like think, to think so. they would be friends. They seem like they had a chill vibe. They did have a chill vibe. I think this is the first time she's been on a crossover because the last crossover is crisis. I believe this is yeah. the first yeah. time they would have crossed over. Yeah. That's, so I, that's right. So I, I like to think that they, you know, they will be friends in the future. That's, that's fun. I hope so. Yeah. That would, that would make sense to me. Um, I guess let's let's go because we mentioned Alex a couple of times, but I guess maybe we should just really get into it now. So, Morgan, I'm curious, what did you think about uh, this is the this is the uh, last time we'll get to see Alex Danvers uh, as Sentinel and as Alex Danvers, I guess, uh, in the Arrowverse, unless they bring her back in future iterations or future ca- crossovers. This is this is it. The show's over. This is the last chance we're going to get to see. Kyler Lee as Sentinel. So what did you think? How did they how did they utilize her in Armageddon? Well, I'm glad she got to to come on and to give those two random new characters who I don't even know their names of some uh, <laughs> s- some good love advice. I feel like she had been reading like a lot of like Dear Abby type columns. She's like really taking it in. So maybe some relationship books. She's married now. So she's obviously maybe she's like one of those people who gets married and immediately wants to give everybody relationship advice. <laughs> They're like, they should get married. Listen, listen, I'm married now, so I know a little thing about love. <laughs> like, maybe maybe Alex is like is just like a like a wife wife. Like she's just like my wife says and just this is just how we do it. This is how we do it. <laughs> she's a, she was she was kind of harsh on Ryan. She was like, you know what? If you don't have love, you don't have anything. And it seems like you don't have love. I'm like me. <laughs> Who has a wife? <laughs> like, Which is so like, funny because Brian Choi is married and has a child in another timeline. Right? That's all we know about him. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the next crossover, they'll they'll both give each other like competing relationship advice. Uh, I thought it was kind of crazy that they brought Alex Danvers, who is like arguably the second most major character on Supergirl into this crossover to give like two side characters a pep talk about how they should hook up. And that was kind of all she did. And she seemed really um, she invested. She, yeah, she a teamed up with bit. Batwoman uh, <laughs> to take down uh, Reverse Flash, a- a.k.a. Barry. Okay. They, they kind of teamed up a little bit to fight him. Um but yeah, she seemed really invested in Chester and Allegra. Like <laughs> she, she was going to be really upset if that didn't happen, uh, which seems strange because she's never she's never met them. I don't think. Yeah, no. I, I don't know if they're friends or not. That makes I guess it even in that worse. timeline they are. <laughs> uh, let's hope. Let's hope she didn't just come in and be like, you know what? I'm sensing some sexual tension here. I think and as somebody who is together. married. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, you I, guys should be. I did Please talk about kids. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about kids. Now that, that would be, that would thing. have been good to work into the Batwoman storyline. Like if t- 
the person to have her talk to about relationship advice was probably Batwoman, not like a Chester and Allegra. Like she knows all about like wanting to have a kid and adopting and having that impact your relationship. She knows that very well. Uh, I feel like that's a place where she like her life experience <laughs> would have actually improved the conversation. But instead, she's just like, hello to people I barely know. It looks like you guys want to get together <laughs> but also a bigger question this isn't another timeline so does this even affect the future episodes of the flash no so are they even in a romantic relationship now no so all the pep talk was for nothing well yeah it seemed i like they were doing a lot of work to get them in a relationship I can't believe that they brought Alex on to like prop up a like a side romance between like in a different new, timeline. Yeah, a new Cisco and and other girl and <laughs> sorry, sorry, I haven't watched it in a long time so like I I got to be honest, I don't care. And so I was like, well we're going to find out what Alex has been up to, right? Alex is going to do something really integral to the plot. Alex knows aliens and said Alex was like, "You guys love." And I was like, "No." No, you are not not doing Alex Danvers dirty this way. (laughs) But to to Kat's point, it doesn't even matter, really. (laughs) It doesn't matter. And also, they had another character, Killer Frost, where they were talking about her love life, where it made sense. Because, like, oh, I want to get out there now. Because, like, oh, I looked at, you know, my other identity, and I think it'd be nice to get out there. Why didn't they do the arc for her? It seemed like there was at least some lead up for that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I I was really, I was a little unclear on where they were spending their story real estate in these five episodes, because a lot of it seemed to be with, like, Chester and Allegra's will they or won't they, and I was like, (laughs) are people, and I don't know. I'm new. I'm new to this whole world. I'm. I don't even know these people. Are people that invested in 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 them? I don't. People are really clamoring for the Chester. <laughs> I hear there's so much fanfic. It's, it's been. <laughs> what's what's it's their ship place. name? I was about to say whatever their oh, ship God. name is. Chester. Chestlegra. Allegra. I had some questions about Alex because uh, uh, she gives Team Flash a connection to the tower's main mainframe. Wh- why is she still using the tower as a source? Because at the end of Supergirl, the DEO is reborn. And I would imagine that she would have information from the DEO. So why is she giving them information from the tower? That didn't that didn't make a lot of sense. And maybe yeah, it's a different timeline, like we're talking about ten so maybe years not, later. So here's the thing, though, like her giving the information from the tower was actually in the main timeline. So oh yeah okay, and and I think that made a good point because my immediate thing was like oh well Alex is going to show up, so we'll get some like we'll get some like little Easter eggs about like what's going on with our you know with our cast and and like. What's going on with the new DEO? And it was like, here I am in the tower. I was like, still? Aren't you? Didn't you? Why would they need the tower anymore? What in the writers of The Flash? And I'm maybe, maybe not. Watch the finale of Supergirl or like, I don't know, call any of the other shows. Call the Supergirl (laughs) writer's office and be like, hey, what's going on with Alex at the end? Like, just let us know so we can set this up. And, And like, they were maybe the Supergirl writers were like, she's really into love. (laughs) <laughs> she, kept mentioning she loves her, love she loves love <laughs> she kept mentioning her wife and she never mentioned kelly by name so i thought no. that was really interesting they i guess probably because didn't it, know who she got married to <laughs> well i guess if it's another timeline you have to keep it a little bit vague so oh like, maybe you don't, she, you don't maybe mess she with actually the main stayed time. with maggie 
or yeah, it could have been someone else. <laughs> Twist. Um, but I, but I thought the tower versus the DEO thing was strange. Um, and then of course she conveniently says that Kara and Jean are off world. And I, I was curious uh, what y'all thought about this. Cause uh, it wasn't my impression. I don't know if this is, if, if maybe I'm just assuming this, or if I read this, I can't remember, but it seemed like they wanted to have Kara in this event, but for some reason couldn't get Kara. So they, they asked Kyler if she would come on. Does that seem, am I making that up? I mean, if Melissa Benoist was going to talk about love and not be Supergirl, then hey, that's the reason why. Because <laughs> I'm uh, just curious, like how how would it have been different if if Kara was in this event? What I I would, would hope change? they would utilize her more, but I don't think they would have because look at characters like Adam and look at even Batwoman, who's a main character of a show that's on right now, and they hardly utilize her. So I don't think it would be any different. Yeah, I mean, that to a point, like, Batwoman is the main character of Batwoman. <laughs> it, it feels crazy to say, but Supergirl wasn't the main character of Supergirl, so sometimes you have to clarify. <laughs> you never, you never really You know. just never know. But, like, yeah, you're right. Like, she was the most cameo, I think. Like, I feel like Ryan Choi got, like, he was like, do I believe in love? Um, thanks, Alex. Um, but, yeah, like, she was, like, a kind of a didn't have much of an effect on anything that happened really. And she's the main character. So if Supergirl showed up, maybe she would have just been like, you two crazy kids. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, she would have taken the role. I agree. That might've been her been role, Alex. which would have been even worse. I think I would have gotten more <laughs> mad. I was mad enough. <laughs> it was Alex. If it was Supergirl and it was like, well, I could probably solve this situation because I am Supergirl, but I'm going to take a step back and really <laughs> focus on your love life. <laughs> yeah. So I, I couldn't remember if I had read that in an interview somewhere or if I was just assuming that, but I, it made me think, well, what, what if it was car instead of Alex? But I mean, I was glad that Alex was included. I just uh, don't know to, to y'all's point. I don't know that she really had a uh, purpose to be there because I think to Kat's point, um, Caitlin was seemingly uh, in there with Chester and Allegra in some of those scenes, kind of overhearing them talk about their love for each other. So it seemed like Caitlin could have been that character instead of Alex. So it did. And I think it would have made more sense sense. too, because Caitlin is actually friends with both of them. Yeah. And I feel like it would have come off more genuine and less like Alex calm down <laughs> and also she has lost love she lost ronnie that was like her whole yeah. basis of her character in the beginning because that would make sense and like her saying like love's important life's too short like that makes sense like why not utilize her and it feels like she was going through something where she was kind of wondering about her choices that she's made in like the last couple of years and where she is in her life and getting ready to kind of move on to her next step so i think that would make that would have all tied together and would have felt less random than Alex sort of parachuting in and tell, giving people advice they didn't ask for. Yeah, I think uh, they could have used Caitlin or Frost uh, in that situation. But I think Caitlin uh, would maybe have been uh, the, the better choice there because she was going through some of those things. Uh, Donna mentions in the chat, I'm going to have to get some research into this. Uh, but Donna says, I actually think at the time she was cast, there was talk about an Alex and Kelly spinoff, but that died before the crossover aired. Oh, Morgan, man. Morgan, have you heard uh, anything I did about that? Not hear anything about this. This would be new to me. Um, 
that would have been great because I feel like Esme would have played like a great part in it. And it maybe it was like maybe like a half an hour comedy. It was just called Esme exclamation point. <laughs> She's like, it's me. I would watch that. Suddenly it's like a TGIF style, like 90s comedy. <laughs> they have a butler for no apparent reason. I, I love all of this. She, she's that little like, uh, you got it, dude, kind of yes. full house character. <laughs> yeah, I can the see that. On glasses. that. Yeah, Donna, if you, if you have any more information about that, please send that my way. I'd be really <laughs> curious about that. Um, and and Trekkin mentions that Mia was in this, and I totally forgot. <laughs> like, I forgot there was an actor. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't really talk about Mia. <laughs> to be fair, that's because Mia was in the terrible part five of this crossover. <laughs> and you would have that's been true. right to repress that part from your memory. Because I, I only remember it because I watched it tonight, and I was like, you are joking with this whole thing, right? <laughs> I watched it all pretty back to back. So it all kind of comes together in one little pile of mush. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like somewhat remember Mia was in this, but I don't really remember her role much besides she that. Was, she was looking she was for there? her like missing brother whose yeah. name is apparently William. William thing, right? Things yeah. that I learned in this episode. <laughs> um, I did not watch what I assume was the backdoor pilot for Green Arrow and the Canaries that unfortunately yeah. did not get pa- picked up. I think that's what her role was here is that they're trying to tie loose ends for the pilot that didn't end up happening. That's yeah, what it felt like for me. Kudos to them then. That, yeah. that makes sense. At least they tried to do something that the, meant something. The, fly, the Flash Riders were just writing everybody else's shows for them. <laughs> they were like, they were like, listen, we know that you've left some things unsaid. You had some we're plans. Say it. And <laughs> William's still in the wind, I guess. So we're going to send you off on another quest. I also thought it was really funny, though, that every time that they referred to Felicity, she never called her like mom, which is weird. Like, that's her mother, right? Like, yes. this is the yeah, stuff I, think- I needed exposition on. I was like, so Felicity's her mom, right? But, like, she kept on being like, well, uh, Iris kept on being like, well, have you talked to Felicity? And she's like, I have not talked to that person yet. I have not <laughs> talked to her. And I was like, do you mean your mother? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> well, I want to know more about what's going on with that relationship because that seems like uh, that seems like that's not going well. <laughs> and I think like Felicity like raised her, so it's not yeah, like, right. like what's happening. <laughs> even if they're in a fight, I'm pretty sure she would just still call her mom at that it, point. It seems strange. <laughs> Mia did have my favorite moment of the entire five episode arc. I think it uh, was when she saw Damien Dark and she held like a like a knife or some sort of weapon to his neck and referenced the fact that Damien killed Laurel Lance. I was like, thank you. Thank you for doing that, <laughs> Mia Queen. So that was probably my favorite part of it. So Mia did have uh, the most memorable moment in the, the event for me. Even though we yeah. didn't talk about her at until now, until someone mentioned her. She did have a better role than other characters. Yeah. I feel like she was like the character that they brought in that was like, you guys are actually kidding with like trying to save this guy who is consistently trying to kill you and like messing up the timeline all the time. And they were like, you're just angry because you have anger. She's like, okay, but or maybe I'm right. And they're like, shh. And then like the angry guy takes her over. So obviously she's wrong. And I was like, I feel like Mia had some strong points though. Do we want to circle back to Mia's points? (laughs) And uh, since you mentioned the angry guy, I assume you mean Despero. Yes. Despero. He 
we didn't really mention small. him at all. Sometimes so. he was small. <laughs> I didn't like him very much. Uh, you know, he's a, you know, Despero's a character from the comics that's known enough. I would say he's like a B-list villain. And I didn't feel like they really portrayed him that well here. I don't, <laughs> I didn't love like the, the switching from human to like alien creature. I thought that was pretty weird. And I just didn't like his role very much or his motives. Yeah, I, I like mentally was referring to him as a tall Despero and small Despero. <laughs> <laughs> when he got to be tall Despero, that's when he knew he was mad. But when he was small Despero, you could talk to him. You could reason with him. <laughs> so small. He, he's uh, he's uh, s- saving the budget Despero. <laughs> he, he was. He absolutely was. Speaking of saving the budget, I have to ask Kat about what Despero is like in the comics. But I do have to, before I forget, the fight in the fifth episode between Flash and Despero, I was like, oh, things have gotten tight on the budget. Have they not? <laughs> that was a, the CGI in that fight was tough. It was like watching a cutscene from a video game. Which is interesting because early on when the Flash and the Atom are fighting Despero, there were some pretty good special effects. The Atom yeah. shrank and he got bigger and he went smaller. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh my God, we haven't seen Ray do Atom stuff in like five years. I forgot he could even do this. Uh, and I was like, this is what it would have been like if there was budget on Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> Imagine. But then apparently they ran out of that budget by episode five. So. <laughs> I, I did appreciate that they they made like the the multiple flashes though. I I liked seeing him split that up was into cool. the yeah. various flashes. So, so it, what's what's Despero like in the comics? Is he all tall or all small? <laughs> no, he, he from what I know, he's not like oh uh, he doesn't turn into a person. He's just an alien <laughs> just that an alien. usually people fight. Like he's Makes usually that. He's just usually that blockbuster alien where they're like, oh, big guy that we have to punch. Cool. We defeated Despero today. Like he's usually, and I'm, you know, maybe I'm I'm skimming over the details, but that's usually his role. Not whatever this thing was. Yeah, I think he has the flame of Pytar. I think that's still similar in the comics. Um, and he does sort of, that. I think they got him pretty close to looking like the alien version the com- yeah, yeah the alien version i think was pretty close and i actually thought the actor who played him was like all in i oh, thought yeah. he was giving it his all <laughs> some of those people were phoning it in but the guy who played despero was like i am here to play this part and i'm gonna do it so i thought he did a great job uh <laughs> considering what he was having to do I, I i i bought everything that he was doing so i i appreciated his his you know, dialed in performance. Yeah, I agree. He was, he was all there. He was, he was really bringing the motivation to his character um, in some of the places where I was like, okay, but now you're destroying the city. That seems, that seems like a little bit, why not just star labs? I feel like that would have done it. Probably. And if you destroyed Star Labs, that might cause another, I don't know, particle acceleration. Oh, yeah, that might be bad. That might be. Maybe you only need it to. (laughs) (laughs) It starts again. (laughs) I wonder what the rest of the Flash is going to look like. Oh, I think it's their kids from what I remember from. Oh, yeah. At the very end, there's like a shining cliffhanger moment where Bart and Nora are in the uh, picture at the police station. That's who it was in the picture. I I was like, I I know that this is a reference to The Shining. And I I appreciate that because I finally (laughs) watched it this year. And now I'm like, me too. I get that that reference. (laughs) But I didn't know who was in the actual back of the picture. I was just like. 
cool shining reference dudes yeah that's very maybe nice that'll be say. our next legends episode we'll, yes we'll, we'll not talk about the flash we will only talk about the shining <laughs> we'll only talk about the shining red rum <laughs> uh, mark has a question in the chat wasn't despero in the comics armageddon 2001 i don't remember him in there mark um i think despero in the flash tv version of it is basically uh, Matthew Ryder who becomes Wave Rider. I think the the character who needs to time travel in order to kill the supposed good guy turned bad guy. I think Despero was filling the Matthew Ryder role in there, but because he uh, definitely wasn't Despero. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I I think that's uh, what the what the what they were trying to adapt into the TV version. But uh, somebody let me know if that's incorrect. But I I, I honestly didn't even know this yeah. arc existed, and I know a lot about comics, and I'm not a huge fan of '90s comics. Like I do like specific runs in the '90s, but I obviously wasn't reading at that time. Uh, so I picked up runs from when I, you know, got into comics, but I never even heard of this event. So this must be a pretty underground DC event. Yeah. I would, they, every time they do, they do these crossovers, they seem to pull from a big comic book event like uh, invasion or uh, crisis. crisis on infinite earth, those kinds of things. So, uh, so I got curious and started looking up Armageddon in DC comics and that's what pulled up. And so I read it and I was like, Oh, I kind of see the, the parallels and the, the ways they've tried to turn this into a five episode like TV our, arc. It seems just like a, a nineties comic event. Like this is what people talk about when they talk about nineties comics. <laughs> It was a pretty good read, but I can see where things changed between issue one and two. <laughs> and like I said, we'll talk about that in the feedback. But it is kind of uh, when, when you're reading it, you can see where the shift was in the storytelling. Um, where yeah. they decided like, oh, we've been spoiled. We got it. We have to change the reveal <laughs> now. And honestly, they did that a lot back in that in the day. Like even like if you look at the Jason Todd death scene, that was changed. As well, like there's specific things like they change really last minute with uh, the death of Jason Todd. Like that happened a lot. So this isn't like something that only happened for this event that I maybe only happened because of the leak. But yeah, this definitely happened a lot in comics. And now that I mean, they still do it, too. But when it gets leaked, they don't care to change it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just like, well, we're going with it. It's fine. And yeah, everything's spoiled we'll now. We it. spoil our own stuff. I wonder they if that explains uh, Supergirl comics in the rebirth era. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that exactly. Would that would explain so much uh, Reboots. Restart over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, so let's uh, let's talk about... I'm, I'm curious. I mentioned how much I really liked the guy who played Despero and his performance. Were there... Uh, was there an actor or actress in the uh, five episode event that you thought gave a really good performance. Hmm. Performance. Like, are we just talking acting or just, also story? Just acting, acting performance, the way they delivered. I still their go with black lightning. Okay. Yeah. I'm going black lightning. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to steal your, uh, your answer and go with black lightning as well. I thought Cress Williams did like a really good job. I, I, I like his, his uh connection with Barry too. I I thought that they um they have a really fun dynamic, and I think it was established in Crisis, and they were kind of playing off of it. But I feel like they have like a lot in common, like the way that they grew up, and like you 
when he was talking about how Joe in that timeline was dead and, you know, that they listened to the same kinds of music and, and that kind of stuff. I, I like that they had that connection and it played off of their former stuff in, in crisis. Whereas like some of the other people who popped up in the show feel, felt like it, they popped up randomly, like Ryan Choi, where I was like, well, I remember you from crisis, but everything about you seems different. So why are you here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> whereas at least I think when they brought in black lightning, it played off of what we knew about him previously. And, uh, and he did a good job of, of, being like, I don't want to do this thing. I don't want to take away your your powers. I thought it was interesting that they called their like their protocol where they remove each other's powers injustice. I thought that was pretty cool. Like a nice um, link back to the comics. Yeah, in- injustice. If people don't know, is a story where a Superman goes rogue, and uh, some members of the Justice League side with the sort of evil Superman, and some people are on the side of we gotta stop evil Superman. Uh, so that's uh, that's kind of a play on that. Uh, let's see in the chat. Uh, Mind the gap it mentions Grant Gustin and Candace Patton and Tom Cavanaugh. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Tom Cavanaugh did a great job. I I do have a lot of questions about Reverse Flash. And Eobarthon, I guess they went with the he needed to wear Harrison Wells's face to mess with <laughs> Barry because Eobarthon was played by another guy who was on Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. They, just, yeah. they just forget mm. about that. Yeah, I, I like Tom Cavanaugh. And I I've liked him in like you know he's played like about fifty versions of Wells at this point. I. I wondered why he was whispering all of his lines at one point, like in the last, <laughs> I don't know if this was the whole way through. It's either it was, screaming or whispering. That's, it was definitely that's in the last episode where he went into like a real Batman place where everything <laughs> was a whisper or a whisper scream. And I was like, now I'm not loving it. And like, I've heard him do like when he's like the more upbeat versions of Wells, he does, you know, he doesn't always do that whisper. So I was like, mm, okay. Okay. But yeah, to your point, that's funny that like, yeah, in Legends, it was a different actor who played Thawne. So is that Matt Lesher? I I believe it's definitely a Matt. It's definitely a Matt. And that starts with an L with his last name. I don't know his last name. (laughs) Yeah. So I I just thought that was interesting. Like why bring him in there for reverse flash? Because I'm very confused about the reverse flash. The the timeline with reverse flash has gotten so mangled. I don't know which one. Uh, uh, has you know, and I why, feel like why would they go with one, not the other? My issue was like, I feel like Reverse Flash, they bring him in all the time. They, I feel like Reverse Flash is to f- the Flash as Lex Luthor is to Supergirl. Oh, yeah, that's a good a villain comparison. that was good once and that they cannot let go of. He is the <laughs> Siler of this television show, <laughs> where it's diminishing Even better returns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like every time that they bring Reverse Flash back, uh, I want to see him less. And it was the same <laughs> with Lex Luthor, too, where yeah. it was like, oh, Lex is here. Great. Um, because they've done the- enough with him. And also with The Flash, they haven't really had a Look, you can say like, oh, Zoom was a good villain and stuff like that, but they haven't really had a great villain since him. So why not like build up to a new villain, you know, build up yeah. to someone just as good as Reverse Flash. You have all these rogue characters. Bring back some of them, even if they're the lesser known ones. I know you can't use Heat Wave and Captain Cold, but there's a lot of other rogues you can use to build them up. I think uh, is Rosa Dillon. Did I have it in my notes? I think she's the top. 
Uh, I yeah, I, I I wasn't really familiar with that character when they popped when they brought her in, and I was like, okay, but yeah, I think to yeah, Kat's she's point, one like, of the rogues. They don't, yeah, they just keep seemingly going back to like we know this one thing worked now season one, and so back we go, and it's like uh, you don't have to, you can break free. It's uh, I mean, Damian Dark is another perfect example of like a character who's died about fifty times, and somehow always manages to get re- resurrected and then die again. To do the same thing. To do the same thing and die in the exact, uh, m- much the same manner, actually. <laughs> and then I feel like that was honestly the biggest problem in this whole entire arc and why I was even a little hesitant to watch is because I, I feel like it's just the same episode of the show over and over again. Like, there's nothing fresh about The Flash anymore. And I don't want to say that. Like, I want the show to have some new life to it like you know we go to legends and i know we do a podcast on it but trust me we would give criticism when criticism needs to we to did last be season there. a lot <laughs> and we did last season a lot but every season reinvents itself there's new characters they explore i never feel like i'm watching the same season even if a new like an old character shows up like bishop they're doing something completely different within this season than they did last season so i just feel like this show it's just the same thing over and over again and i wish it Reinvented itself. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, Legends, for whatever reason, I keep forgetting, like, how many seasons it is. I keep forgetting, like, we're in season seven now. That seems like that blows my mind. Whereas when I watched these episodes of The Flash, I was like, oh, this is an old show. Like, I could feel the age of this show creaking along. It's like they're just trying to, like, like, hit their greatest hits now. It feels like they are, and that was that's been kind of my problem with the Flash, and was one of the reasons why I like lost track of it. Is that I felt like it repeated a lot of story beats all the time on the Flash, and it watching these episodes, I was like, it seems like they're still doing that, unfortunately. And it was just boring, sadly. And it's funny because uh, today I think Grey's Anatomy was renewed, and it's, it's on its nineteenth <laughs> season. Season nineteen. And people, the the main actress was trending, saying like, oh man, she's just getting money, that's awesome for her. Like, they are actually, like, you know that Candace Wu tweet where she's, like, upset that uh, Fresh Off the Boat gets renewed? (laughs) They're just sharing that. They're like, oh god, I don't want this show to get renewed anymore, even though it's Grey's Anatomy and obviously as a fan base, I'm sure people would actually be upset if it ended. But it's kind of getting to a point of that. They, like, oh, they what like want Ellen Pompeo to be free. <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, I guess it's a steady job when she's back. <laughs> 19 years is a long time at any job. <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't take much to make it fresh on The Flash. They could take big chances and big swings on the show that would actually really shock people that the idea of them killing joe would actually be something like oh my gosh they killed joe west but here they did it and then they took it back yeah so (laughs) so i think one of the problems and this is strange coming for me because we do a time travel show is that uh they rely way too much on time travel to like try out new things and then undo those things that they tried out yeah yeah, it's a uh, it's and the time travel is kind of confusing sometimes. Uh, and when you use it too much, it gets to to where it's uh, impossible to follow. So, uh, so yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, they were like when they were talking about like, well, now he's going to be uh, like erased from the timeline. I was like, 
Hasn't he been before? Does it matter? Does but anything it, matter? But they were this? like, no, no, for real this time. <laughs> it's that, that, that's the thing, though. It's <laughs> a, a, no, for real this time is my main problem with how they <laughs> use time travel. Because it's never really for real if they decide that they want to, you know. And I know all these shows are like that. If they decide they want to bring a character back, they'll figure out some way. But on The Flash, it seems like it's always kind of the same way. And it's always kind of like time travel. It's like timey-wimey and the speed force brought you back and it's like cool cool i guess but like how many times can it be no no this time they're really dead before you're like no they're not <laughs> yeah damien's back <laughs> damien's back again he uh he, they were afraid not enough people watched his story arc on legends and so <laughs> he'll repeat it for you here the, the flash writers just really wanted to add their spin to it it's really what it <laughs> they're just one last blow to legends we'll say in the show you're actually better than a legend <laughs> legends aren't that great and let's actually retell your whole entire storyline for you. Let's just do it a little better. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, you know what? It was cute how you did it on Legends, but like, we're here on the Flash, so like, we're gonna redo it. <laughs> like, why am I watching this exact same thing? <laughs> that is so wild. Well, I guess let's uh, let's kind of wrap up our and have some overall thoughts about how how do we actually do we think this was a successful event as a five no. episode event okay no. so cat <laughs> i don't i didn't want to watch it i still i still don't like that i watched i feel bad it. because um, we, no. we convinced cat to watch it like <laughs> like we had like a 30 minute conversation we, about how i didn't want to watch this, watch this. <laughs> cat was watching this under teeth. duress 100 <laughs> literally it was amy and morgan Morgan's like, I gotta watch it anyway, so I don't care. And then Amy's like, come on, guys. We have to watch this. Ray's in it. Do it for Ray. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it, but I don't like it. And then I watched it, and I'm like, I didn't like this. And now Amy couldn't make it and didn't watch it. <laughs> I am going to get revenge. I promise. <laughs> so, Morgan, did you think it was a, su a successful five-episode arc uh, for this event? No, I did not. Um, I think <laughs> there are a lot of issues, I think, that we brought up with it. Um, the the characters that they brought in from the other shows, that could have been fun, but they didn't have any plan for them for the most part, or their plans were kind of nonsensical, like whatever was happening with Ray. Uh, they had no plan for Alex except his love guru. Um, and so, so the... So the appearances by these characters weren't that exciting, honestly, to me, because I was like, I want them to exist in this story for some reason. I want them to have some sort of character something, and they're just kind of there. But it was just, it was a five-episode arc. It did not need to be five episodes at all. It could have been, like, three easily. They could have just done away with the whole last episode. Just just take that idea and just toss that into the garbage. Because uh, <laughs> that one was painful. Uh, the other ones were not great, but the last one was like actually painful. I was like, we can let go of the reverse flesh. We can just let him go, okay? <laughs> we can let him go. And they're like, yeah. no, we must save him. And then Damien Dark's like, hey, I actually... I'm over here, you guys. I'm actually like 
having some feelings about, you know, parenthood and and maybe I feel a little bit bad about my actions. And Damien Dark does not get to live after what he did with Lance. <laughs> but he it's, it's so funny live. that they, they kill spent, him like, every time. They spent like 40 minutes debating whether or not they were going to save Reverse Flash because he asked for it. <laughs> but meanwhile, Damien Dark is over here like, guys, I'm really sad about dying. And they're like, yeah, that sounds tough. <laughs> Mark mentioned in the comments that anyone watched a Riverdale arc that was on after the flash i did not watch it but i just wanted to mention i think i would rather watch five episodes of riverdale than the flash because at least it's like so bad that i at least everything, have fun everything, you know <laughs> you could convince me that literally anything was going on on that show and i would believe you based on the previews that i've seen <laughs> like i'm pretty sure in the five episode riverdale arc where they called it rivervale they ritual- <laughs> They ritualistically sacrificed Archie in like the first episode. <gasps> what? I'm pretty you know sure what literally? <laughs> you know what would be so sure. much fun for a Legends episode? We should do like a drunk sour episode, but with Riverdale and we watch a yes. random episode of Riverdale. <laughs> I'm still in. If people, people want to send us the weirdest episode that they can think of of Riverdale, it's thelegends at gmail.com. <laughs> Please. Wait, I think it's the Legends podcast at gmail.com gmail.com i believe so don't do that first email we're sorry whoever has that email <laughs> just tweet at us because honestly super serious when amy comes back onto the podcast i'm gonna be like our first hiatus episode or maybe a patreon episode is going to be drunk watch riverdale and it's gonna I, be a random episode of riverdale <laughs> i think it's gonna be great because every time i hear something about riverdale i was actually just talking about the the talking to the girls from gay gals watch the podcast about this like you could that everything on riverdale sounds insane it's like <laughs> what is going on on riverdale there's a cult somebody's a serial killer apparently some some like owns a nightclub i think that they're 15 or something like i don't <laughs> that's what's amazing. going on on that show i don't I know, know betty and cheryl fell in love but as different people like they, it's like a different <laughs> timeline they're like different people and they're in love and i kind of need to, to be, see that i wanted it to be a, as like a multiple personality situation <laughs> <laughs> they're both of them have it but they're only one of their personalities loves each other like Star cross. <laughs> Honestly, only on Riverdale. Please, only on Riverdale. please, 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 write in. I'm excited. Uh, it's so funny because I was watching the last part of the Flash crossover today, and there was a preview for Riverdale right before the like last part of the episode. And Mike walks in, he goes, "Is Riverdale part of this crossover?" And I was like, "Oh, I- God, if only." <laughs> like, if only this would be an even more fun podcast i will say what's so funny i gotta interject this is the legends of of, of tomorrow podcast section of this podcast slash the crossover because <laughs> rebecca's always uh always has great docs and always very clean and neat with it and we just went on this riverdale uh <laughs> little sidetrack that okay. only would happen on legends of tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so true <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I thought there were a lot of problems with uh, the five-episode event of Armageddon. A lot of questionable story choices and character usage and time travel shenanigans. Um, but I think they they got to where they wanted to go. They set everything up with the Despero coming into it. And then they sort of, they got you to where, like, the Armageddon event happened. And then you see how Flash defeats that and doesn't end the world. And so I think in the end, I think they tied up the story they were trying to tell. I just don't think they did it very well. 
Um, there were there were some cool things in there. Like I really liked this shot of Despero. Um, oh yeah, so, that was cool. So, so some some of the cinematography and the 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 photography uh, photography for television I thought was pretty good. Um, so there were aspects of it that I thought were were pretty good, and there was a lot of detail in some of the stuff they had like written on the the boards that I thought were really fun. Um, so there were some things in there that I I was like, oh, I really want to read Legend, all of this stuff like, about once again though, once again in this uh a dunk on legends legends unresponsive question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, now i want to know the backstory but behind the the beef between the flesh and the legend right <laughs> it seems like there's a lot there i and someone mentioned um maybe because the the flash um was not invited to the avalanche wedding even though that was during covid so no one was invited but maybe that was the reason why Everyone was yeah. invited to the flash wedding and they're like, well, why weren't we invited? Yeah. There's a, a beef going on. So there, I mean, they, they put a lot of effort into their, their boards and they the, really do in, in their notes. Uh, I think there's one part in here. Did I see something about a back to the future reference? I'm not seeing it here, but there was like a back to the future reference at one point. So they put a lot of effort into those details and the notes. And I'm like, maybe you should put that effort into some of your dialogue so it's it's unfortunate that they, they don't put that same kind of effort into their actual writing of the episode. But I thought on, on the whole, I thought they they got they started from point A and they got to point B. It was a little messy there in the middle, uh, <laughs> but but they got to where I think they wanted to go. Uh, so let's uh, wrap up our discussion. So uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna call it on our thoughts. But let's get into. We did have an email come in from Mark, so we're we're gonna uh, uh, end our thoughts now, and we're gonna get into what Mark had to share. He writes, "Quote: So for Armageddon itself, I had a few thoughts. Number one, I am glad and only surprised that the big bad didn't turn out to be Hawk from Titans. They could have replaced Thawne at the last minute. And this is what I was talking about about the spoiler for our, the Armageddon mm. uh, comic." From my understanding and my reading of the comic, initially they were setting up Captain Adam to be the big bag to become oh. uh, the monarch character in the future. But I guess people found out that it was going to be Captain Adam. And then they decided it was going to be Hank, who is Hawk in the Titans. And he ends up being the big bad and monarch who massacres all the Justice League. Uh, so that is what Mark is referring to there in the email. So number two, uh, he writes, quote, it's great that Iris and Wy Ryan Wilder will be besties in the future. But let's see that relationship develop on the regular shows, not just have it thrown in at us as a fait accompli. Uh, which I uh, I need to look up that a French reference. I don't know what that means, uh, but I will look it up in a second. In an alternate timeline future. Uh, now I'm very curious. What does fait accompli mean? Uh, that is French. What does it mean? Very curious. Uh, an accomplished fact, a, a fact, a thing already done. Okay. Oh. Mark teaches Learned us a lot. Mark, Mark teaches us a lot of words. I appreciate is, that. He introduced us to... Calvin Ball. He Calvin Ball was yeah, Mark too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he introduced us to Calvin Ball. Okay. Amazing. All right. So number three, uh, he writes, quote, it was also great seeing Ryan Choi in the original Adam suit from the comics. Number four, it was also great to see Black Lightning. I really like his interaction with the other heroes and wish it would have happened more and that Thunder and Lightning would get to visit too. 
Number five, this made me realize how lucky we were that Crisis was filmed in 2019. Can you believe that the last part of Crisis aired just about a month before COVID hit the U.S.? Oh, oh my man. God. If, if that had That's impacted crazy. Crisis, that would have been a mess. <laughs> I would have uh, been like, just, I would say, wait, which would be a long time because we're, we still got COVID yeah. <laughs> for a long time. But I'd still be like, wait. Much longer because that would not be fun to not. That have is that. a uh, that is a great point. Uh, that it could have been bad. <laughs> I do have some issues with Crisis, but at least it was pretty good and it relatively surprised un- us. Yeah, it was yeah. a it was relatively un. Um, it wasn't uh, as bad as some of the crossovers have have been. I guess I I'll feel like they that. tried making it big and they try celebrating enough characters. They unlike this, right? Like they they try to make it seem big but then when you watched it it's like oh never mind <laughs> oh, it's it's still like 95 percent of flash thing and then alex is giving love advice over in the corner <laughs> at least barry had like a story so yeah, you gotta you gotta give him that Not true that never happened on supergirl so uh, you know you gotta take it where you can get it uh number six mark writes fair warning i'm going male gazy for this one i was particularly appreciated that they gave alex and allegra that scene together at the wedding because in my opinion those two ladies have a couple of the finest derriers in the Arrowverse right now uh that's the (laughs) only that's the only time i'm gonna allow you to say that mark but i appreciate that you said it in a, a a nice way so, uh, very, so, very um, fancy way to say that. Yes, yes. <laughs> a, um, lot of, a lot of French happening. I feel a like lot of this. French words. I, I need to ask Mark about his uh, his francophone, uh, uh, his ability to speak French. And number seven, to sum up, for all the limitations they had, I thought it turned out to be a fairly good story and a fun crossover light, unquote. So thank you for writing in, Mark, and sharing your thoughts about uh, the five-episode Armageddon event. Cool. And I think before we wrap up our episode, we need to make some Armageddon-related snap judgments. We'll get to some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended, and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so our first snap judgment. Would you rather attend CCTC, the Central City Technology Convention, or Eobard and Iris's rehearsal dinner? I would go with the dinner. Seems pretty. Lisa had looked like I had nice food. I wouldn't want to go to a science convention. That seems boring. <laughs> it reminded me the convention center reminded me of uh, of comic-con san, uh, san diego comic-con and it made me without a little comics mis- though without comics or or more fun things but uh it, it made me nostalgic for those days of like going down the escalator with the big badge on um but not so nostalgic that I wanted to go. Meanwhile, like there were a lot of fun people at that rehearsal dinner and then also that woman. Yeah, Batwoman. Listen, the energy level when he gave that speech, I wouldn't want to be in the room for that. But you could just you could duck out. You could grab a, a, a you know, an hors d'oeuvre and get out of there before the speeches. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Something about the face and we're in the face and the, the face <laughs> of the person that you love and the face. Yeah, there were a lot of warning signs in that speech. That speech was just one giant red flag. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would go to the uh, technology convention. Uh, The the wedding or the engagement or the rehearsal dinner, I guess, uh, 
the downside is uh, there was a big fight that broke out. And I don't know that I want to be in that. I think I'd rather. I wouldn't want to be in the fight, but I'd like to see it. So I mean, if you could stay back, it's one. That's one thing. But if I'm having to be like in it, in it, you could be like I, by the bathroom and like <laughs> peek your head. No, but I don't want to go into the restroom. That's where uh, Frost and what's his face oh, that's were. Right. I don't think I'd want to want to be right. in there for that. That's true. Not Maybe there's another <laughs> bathroom. Chill, Chill Blaine, I think is his name. Who's an actual comic book character? So uh, uh-huh. there's that. Uh, he didn't have a great costume though. Uh, no, not really. Not much of a costume. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think I would go convention. Okay. In order to save the world, you have to team up with a villain. Do you cho- choose Rosa Dillon, a.k.a. Top, or Damien Dark? Oh, man. I mm. mean, I'm going to have to go with Damien just because of the Legends connection. And even though we did that thing to Laurel, which is not good, and everyone else can return besides Laurel for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Everybody I, else can return. <laughs> um, I will say he's he's been trying to turn over a new leaf. So I, I'll go with Damien. I'm going to go with Damien as well. Uh, mostly because he was on Legends and... It, the, we had some good times. We had some bad times there. Um, but also, I don't know this girl at all. So I feel like she's a real <laughs> unknown. <laughs> he kind of looks like uh, um, Ilana, Ileana Rasputin from the X-Men Magic. I don't know if you oh. guys know what she looks like, Mm-mm. but the bangs are on point. Uh, that's what who I think she looks like. Hopefully, any commenters are Marvel fans there. Yeah, I think I would have to pick Damien Dark, even though I hate what he did to Laurel Lance. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think I could deal with Rosa, Rosa Dill on the top. Like, <laughs> Just Whoa, I gotta think about it really hard. I don't think I couldn't deal with that. So Use your I, mind powers, Rebecca. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, okay. Who did and wore it better? Barry Allen as the reverse Flash or Eobard Thawne as the Flash? I don't think any of them wore it well. Um, <laughs> but I thought seeing Barry as reverse Flash was cooler. I feel like the thing is, I feel like when Barry wore the reverse Flash suit, I noticed things about the suit I had never noticed before. And I was like, were the little wings on his head always black like that? Were they always so dark? I was just like, I was like too invested in like what was happening now. I was like, I guess I'm just so used to like to looking at Barry that I was like, huh, I don't know. I don't know about this suit. So I the guess the chin I'm strap have- also looks weird on the chin on, strap. Uh, yeah, Tom. the chin strap was a little bit. I don't know. Everything was strange <laughs> with the reversal. So I think I'm going to go Tom Cavanaugh in his uh, in the flesh suit. Just go with classic. Yeah, there was a scene where he went to go talk to uh, why am I blanking on the AI's name? Gideon. When he went to go uh, when uh, Eobard oh, as Gideon. <laughs> yeah, Eobard as the flash goes, I think, into the room to speak to Gideon. And it just looks so clunky. It looked like it wasn't fitting him correctly. It looked like he was very uncomfortable in it. So I would guess I would say uh, Barry as Reverse Flash because he looked more comfortable in the suit. So I, that's that's probably who I'd pick. So our last snap judgment. Um, you're filling in for Iris on her city- Citizentopia podcast. Who would you rather interview, Despero or the Royal Flush Gang? 
I have to say, I completely forgot that, like, the first episode was, like, very heavy on, like, the inner workings of uh, (laughs) Iris's new, like, publication. (laughs) Yes. Good for her for being a boss, I guess, at some point. Like, when this happened, cool. (laughs) Yeah, they've moved into the podcast space. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really doing it all. They're giving a cat co a run for their money. (laughs) Unfortunately, they only have like three employees and they they made, she just made a middle manager a person who said, please don't give me this responsibility. So we'll see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see next episode. Uh, For me, I would say the Royal Flush Gang, even though I forgot who they were until I saw that picture, but mostly (laughs) because I want to know like how they work together, you know? I want to know the chemistry I, I hope they're like the Fleetwood Mac of, of yes. plush gangs. Like, I hope there's a lot of drama. And there's, I feel like there's a lot of partner switching. Interview. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and betrayals. <laughs> a lot of betrayal. Someone Which leaves we- the gang at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> you you barely ever get to see the gang all together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of the gang do you think is the Stevie Nicks, I guess? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Oh, the one on the left. It's definitely the queen, I think. Oh, which yeah. one is the queen though? <laughs> the, the queen in this picture is the second from the left. Oh, uh, well, yeah. you know, I'm still thinking the one way on the left. She looks like she has other opportunities, other games <laughs> to join. Um, I'm also going to go with, and what is their name again? The Royal Flush Gang. I had to look it up because I forgot. They were very memorable, as uh, you can mention. <laughs> no, I think that there was like some like there was some weird stuff going on there that I'd like to like dive into. Like, do they have like a like a catchphrase? What is it with the what is it with the the card motif? Why yeah, when they decide start? when they decide to go and rob a bank. How long does it take to put that square on their face? Just a square <laughs> of white makeup. Uh, just so perfect. Do they have like a makeup artist come and kind of like do it for them? Do they do it themselves? Do Does like one of them do it on another one? You know, do they switch? Like, does who it does it on a, them? Who does it on that person? Does it become then a Fleetwood Mac situation? Where there's betrayal? Uh, I'm really, I'm really invested now. <laughs> who, who designs their, their outfits? exactly why the black and white color motif there is a there's red what's their favorite card well what is their their favorite favorite card card? and what does that say about them (laughs) (laughs) i for one am picking despero because the royal flesh gang gang only spoke in card and gambling puns and that would get old after about 30 <laughs> seconds. No, it'll uh, be an interesting interview. It just it depends on the podcast, you know? Who who's the host? I would get <laughs> so irritated at the pun. So at least with Despero, like I could really get into like his backstory, his alien homeworld. What what really is the flame of Pytar? Can you please explain the science behind that? I think I would be really interested in that. So I'm going Despero on that one. Nice, nice. I, I, I like it. I think they're all strong hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I actually liked that um, uh, Iris, her, her Citizentopia podcast actually made podcasting look like, and, and it is actually this way, it looked like it was uh, easily accessible to people. She really just had a laptop, a microphone plugged into the computer, it's it's podcasting can be that easy, and I'm glad that The Flash made it appear to be so. You don't have to have a fancy studio. You just have to have a few little elements of equipment 
And then you just need to have and the great gift gab. And, and great guests. So <laughs> I'm glad that they actually showed it for like what podcasting can actually look like. She didn't have like a fancy studio and, and all this kinds of like, you know, the overblown uh, equipment. So I appreciated that they actually showed what podcasting actually looks like sometimes. So I will give it that. All right. So I think that's going to wrap up Snap Judgments. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. All right, that is going to do it for our discussion of Armageddon. Thank you, Kat, for joining us for this uh, Morgan Glennon Podcast Universe event here on the. It was only worth it for the podcast. the The experience of watching was not great. This podcast was. Thank you for joining our our crossover event and talking about more than our love lives. <laughs> you, were more, you were more useful than Alex was in this crossover. I- I'm glad I could be. I mostly only brought in Riverdale side notes. but <laughs> and, and Fleetwood Mac, don't shortchange yourself. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> well, uh, Kat, how can our listeners find you and the Legends of Tomorrow podcast on the internet? Well, I don't know any of our handles for Legends of Tomorrow podcast. That's <laughs> the wrong person there. But you can find me at Comic Uno pretty much around the web. So definitely go check out my Twitter is where I'm most active. Uh, Morgan, can you help her out with the uh, Legends are, of Tomorrow? Uh, at, uh, I don't know if Morgan could either, but let's see. I'm, 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 I'm ready. I- I can because I put it up on my phone. We are. (laughs) I had to double check the legends of you can find the legends of tomorrow podcast on Twitter at legends underscore podcast. You can find us on. I think it's legends of tomorrow podcast dot com. Yes, that is correct. (laughs) (laughs) On the interwebs. I feel confident about that. We're also legends of tomorrow podcast on Patreon. Um, and we have a we have an email address. What it is is a question. Uh, <laughs> it's on that website that you might find. The question uh, we, for we the might ages. have given a good URL. We actually return this week, though, so look forward. Uh, we have new episodes coming. We never get a break on the Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> we don't. That's, uh, that's our guarantee to you. Is as long as the schedule is grueling, we will be there. Um, <laughs> our, our email address is thelegendspodcast at gmail.com. I said another email address earlier. Leave that out of your mind. Don't email that <laughs> poor person. The They've record. gotten probably some feedback from us <laughs> <laughs> before. They're like, what Although is they the have a podcast, writer? like, you know, they, they must be podcasting something, right? If they have that address. I, I think so. So maybe they're familiar <laughs> with, with feedback. Perhaps they've brought it on themselves. (laughs) What if they read that feedback on their podcast? I hope they do. I wonder what type of podcast it is. I hope hope the best for them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678. 718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist 
that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl Radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Black Lightning Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say and speaking of the DC TV podcast T public store, we have, that is a tongue twister. Uh, <laughs> we we have Adam and Reverse Flash Flash merch. Man, I can't say anything now. Yeah, we have a lot of Reverse Flash and uh, the Adam and the DC TV podcast T public store. So if you want to check that out and get some new merch, uh, check it out. And we would like to thank our Legion of Super sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, and Faith. If you would like to become a super sponsor, we have four monthly uh, membership levels. If you would like uh, to sponsor and uh, support Supergirl Radio, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio and become a member of the Patreon. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm trying to find my plugs. Uh, you can find me on Instagram <laughs> at the Derby Kid. I'm also on Vero, which is a, uh, another social media platform, uh, which I love because you get to share what you're watching and reading. If I, if you actually do read, uh, which sometimes I try to, uh, it's uh, I'm at Derby Kid on Vero on Instagram at the at the Derby Kid, and I also have a personal YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/DuckMilkPride. Uh, Doug Milk Pride. <laughs> if uh, if you would like to um, uh, hang out with me on Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, I'll be reading through Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice reviews written by top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's quite the adventure. Uh, reading through a lot of interesting. Uh, and not so interesting uh, discussions over there. But if you would like to learn more about art criticism and what critics actually say in movie reviews, uh, come hang out with me on Sunday evenings at 9, p 9 p.m. Eastern live on my personal YouTube channel. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where we're talking all things legends. And it's actually, uh, it's starting back up again this week. We had another nice short hiatus, just just enough time for the holidays, really. Uh, it's so short. <laughs> because we, we had that Bebo special that they decided to schedule. Remember that one? Which is our that least viewed, um, least listened to podcast to date is the Bebo awesome. one. So. Awesome. I'm glad we suffered through that for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> the least you could do is listen to it if, if we had to watch it. Um, but yeah, we'll be back talking about season seven uh, later this week. Um, so you should check us out. 
All right. Well, uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And this week, we hope you can level up and stay legendary. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.